Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and today Deb is not with us again. Uh, so this time we have another special guest co-host, Erin Wachter. She is a former Character Combine Podcast uh, guest, also a Spartan athlete, CrossFitter, uh, probably in better shape than most people you know. What's going on, Erin? I'm good. How are you, Josh? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you so much for stepping up and doing this. Once yeah, again. Of once again, someone's got to step up and pick up Deb, Deb's uh, slack. So, I mean, last time we talked about your job, but maybe it's maybe it's Deb now. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She's really she's really testing the waters. She's really she's pushing yeah. the limits of like yeah. <laughs> she's really like he's not he's not gonna fire me. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. These guest co-hosts like first the first co-host or guest co-host co-host I ever had was my brother. Uh, he did really well. And then we had uh, a few weeks ago, we had Lauren Johnson. Now you, all people whose episodes do really well. So watch out, Dave. They're coming for you. They're coming for you. <laughs> um, so what's going on? First of all, I want to let everybody know before we start into our, our topic today. Uh, Aaron texted me a little while ago after she was so kind to agree to do this. She's like, just so you know, I, I just got done working out like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> And now I'm going to eat dinner really quick. And then I'm going to hop on like, that's awesome. Very few of our guests say that. So we have to know because you are a psychopath when it comes to working out. What was, what was the workout today? Oh, today's was very rude. Um, uh -oh. it was 15 muscle ups, 500 meter row, 12 muscle ups, 500 meter row, nine muscle ups, 500 meter row. However, anytime you broke up your muscle ups, there was a penalty of 250 meter ski erg. Oh. So it was rough. It was, it was good. I was actually really fun. Um, I ended up PRing my muscle ups because I was not going to come down from that bar. Um, <laughs> as anyway. yeah. but it was actually fun. Stuff. So I, I tore my hand trying to, to stay up there, but part of the sport. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel like it seems like a couple of times, you know, a month, probably more than that, you'll post a picture of your hands. And it just, yeah. looks, it looks brutal. Like it, it hurts me watching and I'm, <laughs> you know, I, it just makes me, it makes me like nervous for myself. It's like, I would be in so much pain, but like, you're probably just used to it at this point. Right. Yeah, I actually, so I usually wear grips. Well, I wore grips today and I, so I don't know how I think I just was doing max, you know, max efforts every set. And it's, I didn't feel it happen until I went to take it off and then it started burning. Um, <laughs> I've had that happen a couple of times where I, I don't know. I rip. Cause I'm just so in the workout and then I get done and I'm like, Oh, I'm bleeding everywhere. Like what happened? But yeah, you kind of get used to it. It never feels good. It, it's, it burns, especially getting in the shower. I was kind of doing like a, like a left, right pass back and forth. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It never gets better. Um, but yeah, you kind of get used to it after a while. You try to avoid it, but you sure. kind of know it's Right. No, I, I hate that. I, I know it's happened to me. I remember there was one time uh, in particular, I was probably like, man, maybe 15 years old. And I was, I was helping my dad with my grandma's uh, fence, like a, a huge chunk of her fence came down. So we had to redo the whole thing and we had to break up concrete. And so I was using this tool to basically smash the concrete. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sledgehammer, but it was like this big metal rod with a wedge at the end. 
And, uh, I was trying to be, you know, tougher than I was. And my dad's like, you want gloves? I'm like, nah, I'm fine. And then, uh, at the end of the day, like all of the, like all of the little, you know, spots on my hand were just bright red. I'm like, Oh, it hurts so much. And I remember helping with dishes later that night and it was the worst thing ever. And I tried to act tough. It's like, no, 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 I'm good. I can help. And then like inside I'm crying because it just was so painful. I'm not as tough as you guys. Jumping up and down, like trying not to scream, but I was like, it hurts. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. But it does seem like you, you post those pictures all the time. So, but like you said, it's just part of what you do. It's part of the, the CrossFit, CrossFit world. So, um, yeah, my workout today was nothing like that. I, I did a mile and then I did 50 push-ups, 50 burpees, which were, which were pretty bad form and then 50 sit-ups and then another mile. It was one of those, uh, character combat workouts and I was feeling very tired, nothing like what you did. So, uh, kind of yourself doing push-ups into burpees though, man, that's, that's brutal. Yeah, it is. That's again, it's Deb's fault. I don't even know why I keep her around this show. You know what I mean? She's going to, she, that's what I'm saying. Two strikes. She's ditched me on this podcast and she's trying to hurt me physically. So I don't have to say, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, adjusting or pivoting or however you want to put it, but obviously in this season of life for everybody, not just coaches and athletes, but our audience is coaches and athletes. You guys have had to adjust to life. You guys have had to adjust this entire this past year and even now to not having practice, not having sports. Uh, I know sports are just starting to come back, which is awesome. I think they had some games Friday night, which was cool. But even now, like we were talking to Casey Taylor from Indercom High School last week or two weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, but the whole thing is different. He's like, you can't have people get changed in locker rooms. You can't uh, share water, bo- water bottles like you would in a football game. You can't have people in the stands. And so even now that they're getting back into it, there's this huge adjustment. And so, you know, it was perfect timing to have Aaron on for this episode because, you know, Aaron's still a competitor. She competes in Spartan races and uh, CrossFit competitions and things like that. So she's still like, like you're one of the few that is like actually still an athlete that we have on this show. And so uh-huh. I imagine that some of the things that high school coaches and athletes have been going through, you've probably dealt with to a, a certain extent. Well, and if, if I remember correctly, you also train people too, right? Do Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen it so from all the same aspects. Yeah. From all the different angles last year is, I mean, last year was pretty bad. It's, you know, like you said, it's starting to open up. It's being a little more lax. It's a lot easier. Um, but right off the bat last year, it was just tough. Cause you know, like we were talking about earlier, not everyone had home gyms. So like writing workouts on what they have available, you kind of have to get creative with using, you know, kitchen tables and couches and, you know, stuff in the backyard or stairs, whatever you have available to, to be able to train. You know, I had one girl going through the police Academy and she had no choice, but to train. So we had to get kind of creative with, you know, as well. Well, how, I mean, how much, how much, how much frustration did you have to walk your, uh, clients through or your friends through as you were given these workouts and they were, you know, going through them, but not to the same extent that they maybe used to, like, was there a lot of frustration there from their side? Um, I don't know about frustration so much as they kind of felt like you only have so many options, like you have to get creative, but you also only have so many options. So I think at first it felt very repetitive because it's like, I only had so much equipment to work with. So I felt a little frustrated trying to give them variety so they didn't get bored. So they stayed motivated, but you know, I can only do so much and some of it, I can't quite see what I'm working with. They can tell me I have a box and this and that, but I don't know what their setup looks like to really, you know, when you walk into a gym, you're like, okay, 
can set this here and do this over here and back and forth. But when I have no idea, it's a little bit harder to write workouts and keep it creative and keep it exciting for them. So they stay motivated. So I think that was the biggest challenge that I, I felt was trying to keep them because I feel like it's part, partly my responsibility to keep them motivated. You know, it's a lot of them too. It's, you got to have intrinsic motiva- motivation, but as a coach, that's part of, part of your job too, is like getting your, your athletes to commit to the workout. So if they're doing the same thing over and over, at least I know for me personally, I get bored and I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like, right. I need something fresh. So right, yeah, right. that was just, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's something that we've talked to a lot of coaches about. It's, you know, you're not, you're not on the field or you're in the, on the field, but maybe in pods of, of groups of players, nothing like it would normally be, but yeah. that's, that's kind of becoming part of the job. So rather than just going out during the week and having a game plan or a lifting plan or a schedule, you have to go out. And part of your job now is to motivate them, not just to give their best when they're in the weight room or on the field, but they have to give their best just to get out on the field and, you know, be able to participate. Cause like you said, it, it, maybe it becomes repetitive or it's especially like some of these teams that are, were on the field, but in pods, it's like, you're, you're on the field, you're so close, but like, you still can't do practice like you normally would. And I imagine that would be incredibly frustrating for, for everybody because, you know, again, oh, you're bet. so close, but you know, you know, all the events and games were canceled. I feel like a lot of people got to this point of like, well, what's the point of staying with my training right now? Like I can't, I can't compete. I can't do anything. Like why, why am I still training? It's like, well, we still be good at life. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, be healthy. The end goal is all of these things come back. You don't want to take a year off, you know, right. doing any work is better than doing no work. Um, so I think, I think that was hard too. It's like, well, what's having no end goal. So people who are motivated by like this, event. This is what I'm training for when that's taken away. It's kind of like, like I know I had that kind of anxiety because I had planned, I qualified for that CrossFit competition. Then I wanted to switch over to Spartan world and that all got thrown to hell. And I was like, what, what do I do now? Like, I'm a competitor. Like that's what I love to do, but I love training. I love training. But I, you know, if I was like, if I'm going through this and feeling like, what's the point, I know other people are feeling it. So like, how do I switch my mindset and get out of that and get them out of that too? That's such a good point. That's a great point because how many times, I mean, I know you probably follow a lot of motivational fitness stuff on Instagram and Facebook, all that stuff. How many times have you seen that, that meme where it's something like your, your biggest competition or your only competition is standing in front of you in the mirror. And we, we say that all the time. I've, I've heard so many motivational speakers say it. I've, I've heard so many coaches say it and, and we love saying it. But this was actually a, a moment where it's like, no, this is actually the reality now because you don't have an opponent to go against. You don't have a, a team to compete against. And literally, like you said, it's you have to kind of fall in love with the training because the end goal of competition or the end goal of winning section championship or whatever the end goal is there. I mean, there really was no end goal at that point, right? It's just you've got to train for the love of the game and then basically be ready and be prepared if the opportunity does come up you know, and then you're still ready. Cause I've always, I've always wondered, especially now, I mean, I didn't get a chance to go to any games, but I wonder if, well, even for you guys, I mean, it's a little bit different for you guys. Cause I think that it seems like the gyms that CrossFitters go to are probably a little bit smaller and maybe you can get into a CrossFit gym a little bit easier than like, you know, like a, a corporate gym. Right. But, um, it would be interesting for you guys when, when competitions start up again, if you start seeing like a big gap between the people who kept grinding, kept pushing versus the people who are kind of, like you said, I guess there's nothing to really train for. So what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And that yeah. will actually, so the competition I qualified for last year as a team, I did again this year as individual. And again, like you were saying, they, it's the same competition, but it's usually one big weekend, but now we're separated into three different weekends, depending on your division. But for now it's going to be happening in person. So I think exactly what you're saying, we're going to see who took that year to be, to work on weaknesses or, you know, whatever, still train the best they could. I think we'll be able to see, you know, who fell into that, that black hole or who was able to pull themselves out. Yeah. Um, exciting. I'm, I'm excited to compete. I'm just like, yeah. I'm still nervous to out from us, but I'm really excited. I've never done an individual CrossFit competition, so I'm excited for that. But then just to be able to compete again at anything right now, I'm like, I feel like an addict. I'm like itching for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, I think everybody is. I'm, I, I would be uh, interested to see how many, how many like family game nights just got too wild. You know what I mean? Where you yeah. would have like, you would have like the kids in the family would normally we'd be playing like a sport. But now it's like, there's no sports. So it's like, oh man, Monopoly got, it was too intense. <laughs> no, <laughs> we can't play Monopoly during this pandemic. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, oh, sorry. Say that again. I was agreeing. Probably it's probably ruined a lot of family, family events. Oh, just I'm sure. This pent up energy. They just need to get out. But, oh yeah. And well, going back to your, to your competition stuff, does it, do you think it, because it's been so long since you've done any type of competition thing like that, do you think it adds more anxiety or because it's, it's still your first individual, do you think it'd be the same amount of anxiety regardless? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't feel too much anxiety yet. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I will. I think, I think being my first individual, I'll, I'll be pretty nervous. Um, but I also feel like ignorance is almost bliss in this situation where like, I don't know what to expect in an individual competition. So it's like, I don't know what to be nervous about yet. Yeah. Um, obviously I don't want to go out there and make a fool of myself. Like, yeah. Those are just ridiculously strong and being such a runner and having a running background, I'm pretty far behind in the strength aspect. So okay. I'm really hoping a lot of good, like cardio workout so I can yeah. kind of keep, I know there's going to be a heavy strength piece. So I'm probably the most anxious about that, but I've been working really hard, honestly, not running much at all, just so I can focus on strength. Um, but I think it'll be, I think I'm excited more than anything because I get to compete where I think the excitement kind of is overpowering the anxiousness and I hope it stays that way. <laughs> Yeah. But well, that makes sense though. Like you said, if you don't have, you know, the, if you like ign ignorance is bliss, like you said, I mean, you, you can't really overthink it, right? Like yeah. there's nothing to overthink because you have no experience doing it. Um, yeah. when I feel like that's always interesting when you hear other athletes or other sports, you have some athletes out there that are known for their, their work ethic and their preparation. And I, and I've heard in some cases when it comes to maybe playoff time or championship time, it actually hurts them because they're like, like I put in all of this work on a normal basis. Oh, now it's championship time. So they put in extra work and they start overthinking it and get in their own head. And then they can't perform at the same level because, you know, there's just too much going on upstairs. So, um, yeah, those, those competitions that you guys do are just crazy to me. Like there's nothing inside of me that would ever want to do it. <laughs> How do you know you never done it? Yeah. There's a I've reason done... for that. I'm terrified. That's fair. Yeah. I've done competitions and uh, many a time I've walked away, not being able to use my body. I think after my first one, you know, it was a team of four and they asked me to join. Um, I was maybe eight months into CrossFit. <laughs> oh, right. I, in the back of my school to my Achilles the next day was so sore. 
every, every weight in the competition was my, my current one rep max. So I'm lifting multiple one rep max lifts. Like I think my partner, we were deadlifting. He's like, I thought your eyes are going to bulge out of your head. And I was like, <laughs> like I'm lifting for reps. Like, but when I have a team, I was like, you know, you, it kind of changes it where I'm like, they're relying on me. But I remember watching the Super Bowl the next day in a chair laying back and I was like, I legit can't get out of this chair. I'm so sore. <laughs> so I'm expecting it to feel like that. Cause it's a two day competition, never competed two days in a row either. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure after the weekend's over, I'm going to be a mobile. Oh, I have no doubt. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that sounds awful. That sounds awful. <laughs> I, I remember I I've done, I've done four marathons. I did the CIM four times, which is a, which is an easier marathon out of some of the ones that are here in California, but I was so sore the next day. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know I mean? It's a different thing. Not what you guys are doing. That's way more intense. So yeah, no, I mean, I'm good. Too, and it's, it's pretty, you get pretty sore. Like can't sit down the toilet sore kind of thing. Oh, so I'd see, have to oh. backwards. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, said, on, you, you love it though. So you're willing to go through it. <laughs> I, every time I, I remember towing the line over marathon, I'm like, okay, like just three hours and you're done. I like, like that that phrase would go through my head. Like you just said in three hours, three hours, Aaron, you'll be done. I have a moment of panic. And then you finish, you're like, it's so worth it. And the next day you're like, I can't walk. Why did I do that? And then you sign up for another one. So it's like, you kind of forget the bad because you know, you just really like the reward, I guess. Right. Yeah. That makes me feel horrible. Cause my, I was not at one point that I think I'll be done in three hours. <laughs> My whole thing was like, I hope, I hope I finish this thing. <laughs> I feel like at the, especially for like the CIM and I'm sure it's the same for all marathons. There's that bus that picks people up that aren't going to finish. That's basically who I'm racing against. Like, I'm like, as long as I don't get that bus, I'm good. <laughs> if I don't ever know, like, take start from it, like the hotel. Uh, no, no, I, I never did that. I took, well, no, I, we parked at a certain spot and then we took that like little shuttle bus to the start line, but it was such a short one. So it wasn't the same yeah. distance from the hotel, but yeah. Well, the only reason I asked is when I did Boston, they bus you from, literally from the finish line to the start and you're, oh. you're on the bus for like an hour. And so I remember sitting there the first day, first time I ran Boston and just we're like sitting on the bus and I'm like, I have to run all the way back. <laughs> I'm oh. like, I started getting like, holy cow, like we've been on this bus for an hour and yeah. I have to all the way back. Like what, what did I, what did I get myself? <laughs> Why am I here? And then, you know, once you get off and there's just all the people and the energy that all kind of goes away, but you right. know, there's little like kind of what you're talking about earlier, like the anxiousness and all that, that, that bus ride was mentally like really hard at first, the first time I ran it. Cause any other marathon, I would either walk to the start line, this and that, but like having to drive right. the course, but you get like this preview of it and then being like, I have to run. Literally, I just drove an hour and I have to run all the way back. Like, what are Dang. what those are we? Right. <laughs> Dang, that's that is brutal. That's some that's a real mental game they're playing with you guys on that one. Um, man, that's wild. Well, hey, so I wanted to go back to something you mentioned about the when you get you know, when you do that 26 mile drive, but then you hit the the starting line and then you you're around the people, the energy it creates something inside of you. It creates an excitement. And then it, I think it helps us, you know, cause I remember the same thing. And that's something when we started training for a marathon, they said, Hey, just so you know, um, race day is different than training because once you get in the energy of that space, 
you're going to have the tendency or the, the inclination to kick up, kick it up a gear. You may not notice it, but your speed is going to be a lot faster. And it is because when you get around people and around a, a good solid community or a team, it does that to us, right? Like it's a good thing for us to be in community with other people. And I think that's one of the challenging things about this whole pandemic and sports teams is that you're not around your, your friends on a normal basis where, um, and I'm sure this was the case for you when you were playing sports in high school. And it was for me when you're in season, you see your teammates and your coaches probably more than you do your own family because you're out there all yeah. the time. And so, you know, what was that like not being, obviously you had your, your group of friends that tr- could train together and all that. So that's awesome. But like, what was it like not being a part of that bigger, like competitive community? Um, you know, honestly with COVID, like I was saying, we had that group of 10. I didn't really feel that so much last year. However, I can relate to what you're asking in a couple of years prior. So I had joined the CrossFit gym, um, was training with everyone, having fun. And then 2018, I was like, all right, time to qualify for the Olympic trials. So I started training. So I went from that group environment to 4 a.m. by myself in the dark. You know, my dad would come out on um, two days a week and I would chase him on the bike for the hard workouts. But I had that isolation right there and I hated it. I won't lie. Like I, that training cycle was so mentally hard on me because I went from, so I was the only girl at my high school. So I didn't really have a ton of teammates there. Then I went to college, um, had tons of teammates, great teammates, then started marathons and like had a couple of people to run with, had a pretty solid group of girls here in the area that I would train with. And then when I started working at Kaiser, I'd have to run really early before work. And a lot of them wouldn't want to. And, you know, I don't blame them. Sure. But I was at that time still kind of used to training alone. So it didn't affect me. But after I joined the CrossFit gym, trained with all these people, got to have like competition every day and great friends. And the CrossFit Anywhere has such a great environment for training. Like everyone's so encouraging. Everyone's so competitive, but like friendly competitive mm-hmm. that I was like, I So when I trained by myself in 2018 for CIM, I was miserable. Hmm. So it was every morning to get out of bed and do my runs, you know, alone in the dark. Like I kept having these moments of like, it doesn't matter. This will only affect you. Like you don't have to run. But of course, being like the athlete, yes, I do have to run. Otherwise it'll eat me up all day, but I can only, if, if that right there, you know, I still had friends I could go see at work or socialize later, but I can imagine last year with COVID people who, you know, in the initial shutdown, you couldn't see anybody. That would be really, really hard. Um, really, really hard to lose that whole, I mean, that's especially for the high school kids, like what else do they have other than school? That's all their initial hour, you know, and sports. So to have that totally pulled away, like I can only imagine how mentally hard it was on them to just, again, stay motivated, you know, especially they don't have their teammates. They don't have their coach. You know, I was lucky enough where I, you know, by being an adult, we had friends with gyms. They don't even have that at home to work. So they just, their whole world just turned upside down. Yeah. Well, I I think it's been the, the thing that keeps coming up on this podcast. It's just, you feel for all the the athletes and, and, and their families too, and all the stuff they're dealing with. I mean, my, my, my wife's a teacher, uh, Deb's a, a high school teacher. My sister's a teacher. Like I, I have a lot of teachers in my life and you hear the same, the same stuff with just their students and how difficult it's been. Or when they go into a zoom class 
you just see this blank look on their face and kind of like, it just seems like they're just shells of themselves. You know what I mean? And like you said, it's because they don't have that aspect of, you know, social socializing. They're not with the people they're normally with. And it's, I think it's tough. It's tough in that, in that situation. And like you said, we're, we're in a little bit of a different space. We're at a different place in life. So, you know, we don't have to go to school. So we, you know, whether or not we see people is kind of, you know, on us and I guess our, our comfort level and stuff like that. But, um, you know, trying to put yourself in the place of, or in the shoes of the students is, is really tough. And, oh, I'm sure yeah. because, because of the places you work to, I mean, obviously you work, like you said, you work at Kaiser, um, mm-hmm. you're in this CrossFit community, you know, you probably have a lot of people, you know, in your life that have, you know, kids too, that are probably dealing with that side of it. So it's like, it's tough enough for us as adults, but then they have to just like coaches have to manage or deal with some of the ramifications of how this is affecting their, uh, their kids. So, I mean, what has that been like from your perspective with, you know, whether it's your teammates or coworkers, like how have they, how have they handled all that? Um, I know a lot of them struggled with, with balancing now that the kids are at home, balancing work and then kids being at home and doing school, Sure, but also trying to keep them excited and entertained. You know, I know that caused a lot of frustration um, for a lot of my friends with kids is, you know, humans are social people and especially children. Um, I think they struggled a lot with finding things to do with their kids when the main, the first shutdown happened. Um, I, I mean, like, what do you do? <laughs> Where do you take them? Parks were closed. Right. You, know, you couldn't go outside. Like you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the biggest one. I think it helps some of them, you know, when we would get together to work out, they would bring their kids and they got to at least play, you know, within our group, there's two, two families with kids. They all got to at least play with those kids right there. And it's just like, they That's loved awesome. it. They, they got like to entertain, they got to play for a while. So it benefited them as well. Um, but I, I think, you know, for kids, the other high schoolers, like it's when you come through, come to an obstacle like this, whether it be COVID or an injury or anything else, you know, like you were saying the, um, the student from the high school you had on and how everything's different. You kind of have to just focus your attention on what you can control. Um, because you can't control what the government's going to say. You can't control your injury or when your body's going to heal. And I think focusing on what you can control. I think I kind of mentioned that like last time we talked on the podcast because you waste so much energy worrying about, Oh my gosh, COVID, like everything shut down. Like, what do I do? Like spending so much of your energy thinking about that when it's like, you can't really do anything about it, but you can choose your attitude towards it. Surrounding yourself with, even though you can't see your friends, still surrounding yourself with people who are positive because these things already invoke like a negative emotion from you. I think just surround yourself with positive people is one of the bigger things. Cause if they're staying positive, that's going to be contagious. Where if you're with people who are negative, that's going to be contagious. And so you got to kind of pick yourself, pick your people. And I think I got lucky with a really, really good group of people to have been quarantined quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We weren't yeah. Really yeah. No, I think that's the case for a lot of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think especially <laughs> if I think everybody's, if everybody's honest, I think it's, you know, it's a very loose term, I think. Um, but no, I mean, can you imagine to your point, can you imagine being in this group, this CrossFit group where you guys are, like you said, it's a, it's friendly competition where you're trying to 
you know, outdo each other's times or do, you know, do your, your personal best. And then you see the person next to you and it's going to push them to go, you know, a little harder and, and push a little further. But can you imagine if, if there wasn't that positive environment in like a CrossFit gym and you guys start a workout and everybody's just angry and irritated at each other. I mean, it wouldn't be a fun environment and then it would just suck. Like it sucks already, but then there would be like no fun. It would just suck. You just get frustrated because it's already when, if you're struggling through a workout and then you have that the negative energy around you, it just makes it even worse. You're like, I don't want to do this. I want to walk out. I want to quit. But when right. you're struggling through work, you have these people who are like, you know what, pick up the bar and go, you're going to be fine. You know, you're doing great. Like keep pushing, you know, when you have that, it changes everything, it changes everything. So I think that's one thing I would tell my athletes too, is like, I know you can't see anybody, but if you need to send your workouts that I'm writing you and give them to someone else, that's you're doing them at the same time. And that even helps do it. Like find some way to have one, it's accountability as well to just have somebody there with you suffering with you. That's a thing too. And that was big. And when I was running a lot, so a lot of us would have different running workouts, but we would go all meet up and do them. It's just still something about having somebody suffering with you. That just changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know why this just popped in my head. I don't think we asked you this last time, but you haven't, you haven't like coached high schoolers or anything like that. Have you? Um, I, did like one season of cross country with, um, oh my gosh, Chris, Christian brothers. Why am I drawing oh, a blank? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Brothers, right? Yes. Christian brothers. Yeah. 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 Um, in college, but then I had moved away shortly after that. So I didn't go back, but I did do one season at Christian brothers. Okay. Would you consider right going back to coaching at some point in life? Um, yeah, that's kind of why I started coaching on my own. Um, if I didn't work full time and yeah. train as much as I do, I'd probably go back. Cause I did enjoy it. Um, you know, and, and coming from a high school where there was only me as the only girl until my senior year for both track and cross country, I would love to go back and like, especially if there's schools like that, that have tiny teams that just need somebody there. I would definitely. Yeah, for definitely. sure. No, yeah. I think, I think you'd be, I think you'd be really good at it. Um, I'm not just yeah. saying that because you're on the podcast and doing me a favor by co-hosting. Trust me, I would, I, I would not say it. I would just avoid the question altogether. <laughs> but it, it, it seems like you have the, it seems like you have the personality to do it. You know what I mean? And like, and you have the energy level because here's the crazy thing too. You'd be one of the coaches where they'd have to compete against you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean? like other coaches that you have out there, it's like, well, that person's like that person's telling us to run, you know, two miles, but they couldn't themselves run two miles. You would be like, yeah. okay you know, if you don't beat me, then you guys got to run again. It's like, Oh, and you know, and you'd probably <laughs> smoke most of them. So, um, it would definitely be a, it'd be a good thing. So, well, hopefully, hopefully at some point that works out. Cause I think, like I said, I do think you'd be really good at it. And I think you would connect well with them, especially because you've hit, you know, you are such a competitor and you can do the stuff, you know, I think that would be a, a cool thing. Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to go that coaching. I just, I think I avoided it for so long only because I was training so hard sure. that I didn't want my job to be training me be training, like everything be training. And then I get burnt out because I do love it. And I am, am excited about it. I didn't want it to become too much. Um, but now that like, you know, my competitive running days are probably most likely behind me. I, I feel like I can now give my knowledge back and my experience back to people who, who want it. Um, yeah. we're like CrossFit. I love competing, but I, 
I don't think I'll ever go to the level like I did with running. I just really like competing in something. And yeah. CrossFit just not be the obsession right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting what you said. Sorry, so it was interesting what you said about your your competitive running days being behind you. Like, I, I don't know really anything about the running world. Like, at what point do you? Like, I guess what is the like the milestone or the benchmark for that? Where you're like, okay, it's probably time. Because like other sports, there's there's clearly things that you look at where like I'm I'm a huge baseball fan. You there's certain things like your if you're a pitcher, you know your your strength goes down, your miles per hour start going down. You know, what I mean, everything just looks a little bit different. Same with hitting. Um, and I'm sure other sports too, you're not like football. You're not quite as fast or as agile as you used to be, or you don't recover from injuries and you're like, I'm done. So what does that look like for like a competitive runner? Um, actually, I think it's more just personal choice because they have masters. So after, you know, when that whole slowing down point, uh, starts happening, they have masters divisions, mastered nationals, masters worlds. Um, you know, I still know people who were running clear into their sixties, seventies, right now and still pretty competitive. Um, so I think it's just personal choice, like when you feel done. And after that last cycle where I, I was, I really struggled with, I mean, it was the best training cycle I've ever had. Like I was the fittest, my nutrition was on point, my sleep, like I just didn't have people and I didn't mountain bike or rock climb or camp or do anything else. So for me, it was like my quality of life felt to me like, I wasn't having as much fun. And so I just felt at that point that I wasn't excited about competing in marathons anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, I wanted, I wanted to do what was, I had focused on running since I was nine years old. Um, you know, and just quit a couple of years ago and I'm 34. So I ran, you know, more years of my life than I didn't. And I think I just got to that point where I was like, you know what? I just kind of feel like I'm ready for the next step. So I think for a lot of runners, that's just the point at which you decide to not compete is just when you aren't enjoying it anymore or just don't want to race anymore. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. One. And like you said too, you know, as far as the coaching goes, you know, you don't want to do all those things and then burn out because ultimately like everybody suffers, right? Like from, from your perspective, your own training, you suffer because you're not going to want to do it anymore the people you're coaching are going to suffer because they're going to be able to tell whether you realize it or not, that you're not really in it. You kind of have one foot in one foot out. And so that is an interesting thing about burnout, uh, which could be a whole episode in and of itself is when you hit that burnout point, it affects, it really does affect everybody, not just you. Um, yeah. so it's, it's such a good decision. Cause I think some people, especially people who are really, uh, motivated and, and who like to do a lot of things, I think, and like to take on a lot of things. I think there is that tendency to say, well, I can handle it all, which is cool. But at the same time, it can, you know, it can have negative effects if you're not careful, negative effects, if you're not careful. I honestly, it was actually really hard for me to hitting that point because it'd been my whole life. You know, I ran club team. Then I ran in high school, you know, junior Olympics, ran at D one college, then trying Olympic trials, like running was like kind of my identity. Um, and so I did really struggle with like, do I, do I keep going? Do I not like, this is what I do. I do love it. And, but ultimately I just had to be like, okay, well, what, what's really making you happy right now? And I just, if I asked myself, honestly, running wasn't what popped into my head. And that's when I just knew like, until I'm excited to run again, like, I think I'll run more marathons. I think I'll race again, 
I just don't think I'll go to that training level of 90 mile weeks, double days, you know, two or three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, 90 <laughs> was, miles a week. Yeah. 90 miles a week. You know, some days would have a run in the morning, run in the afternoon or run in the morning, lifting in the evening. So it was, you know, six days of the week was just training before and after work. So you can see like it just, you know, as you know, I grew up and got a quote unquote real job. Yeah. <laughs> it just got once I joined the CrossFit gym and just, I got into all these other hobbies, like I was saying, mountain bike riding, rock climbing, camping, I like backpacking. Like I just didn't do any of that stuff when I would run and, you know, leading up to all my vacations revolved around running, you know, you had to plan that in. And I was just like, I'm ready to kind of feel like a normal human. Like, um, 2019, I went to Europe and that was the first vacation I'd ever taken. And I didn't run other than I went with the CrossFit gym. He does a thing. Um, we did oh, one that's workout. Right. That's right. Yeah. You mentioned that when you came on the show last time, uh, yeah, but, super cool. but you, you were, you were preparing to do another trip. Were you able to go? No, it got canceled. Oh. Last year. Yeah. So we didn't get to go, unfortunately. So hopefully they're planning on it this year, but you know, Europe still anti-Americans cross their borders. <laughs> sure. Now, so sure. But that, that might be a tough one to, to get in there. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I forgot about that, but I, re I remember we talked about that when you came on the show last and it sounded like a really cool trip. And, uh, and then I had to think when you were, when you came on the show, but it was definitely early 2020. Like you were one of our last guests in person, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was like February. Cause at that point I was still saying I got into that CrossFit competition. I was like, I'm so excited for May. And then it was like, what three weeks later? It's like just kidding. You're out. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Brutal. Well, it's and you know what? Uh, I don't know if people know this. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but um, we're both Packers fans. Both Green Bay <laughs> Packers fans. I didn't realize that until after you came on the show, and uh, <laughs> it was another just rough part of 2020. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess, I guess technically it was 2021 when it happened, but still, it hurt. Yeah. Any football coach plug ears, I cannot stand Tom Brady. So to be knocked out by Tom Brady, <laughs> I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was so mad. Talk about knowing when to retire when, you know. Yeah, I know. It's like Brady, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Like, leave. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, I'm, and I, I, I like the guy. I'll be honest. I like the guy, but it wasn't fun playing against him. And, and just the manner in which they lost that game was just brutal. I was just... Yeah. I don't think I, you could, you'd have to talk to my wife, but I don't think I sat down the entire game and there was so many yeah. of these ups and downs, excitement, and then just immediate, Oh, well, here we go again. It was brutal. Brutal. I Rogers, like he totally could have had a touchdown for the win and right. ran the ball. And, like, Aaron, no, like, right. <laughs> well, he didn't oh, run it and they, then they didn't go for it. And it was just a whole, a whole mess. Makes me very sad. So that was a very frustrating game. Yeah. But anyways, like I said, you know, just add to the frustration of the, <laughs> of the current situation. <laughs> when you go away. I know, seriously. I mean, I guess um, technically 2021, but. I know, but it still feels, that's what Deb and I were joking about. People say, you know, oh, the new year, you're not going to fool me. It's just the next day. It's the next And working here, you know, everyone's like, oh, everything's going to change when 2021 hit, 21 hits. And I was like, yeah. Jokes on <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's not for a while. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I know we can't, we can't escape it yet, but 
Well, that's the crazy thing too, is it's been a year since we've actually recorded in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. not my crazy favorite, work. not my favorite thing, but, uh, you know, it, we, we all, we also look at like the glass half full and we've been able to connect with a lot of people that don't live here in California or even, yeah. you know, in the, in Sacramento. So that's been a good thing, but still like us, you know, having these little delays and, you know, me freezing, you freezing, I just, it drives me nuts, but then you just get used to it where but it's kind of like you were talking about earlier, just adapting and right. worry about what you control. I mean, I was super excited the first time you guys put a new podcast out from virtual. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like they're still doing it. Cause I was like, how I didn't think about the fact that you guys couldn't necessarily hold your podcast in person until you posted one where you did it virtual. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, you know, figuring out a way or to just keep moving or, you know, I told a lot of my clients, like figure out a different goal. Um, you know, uh, like football players, like obviously they couldn't go to practice right away, but for a wide receiver, like go work on your, your 40 time. Like you can work on that or soccer players, like drill in the backyard or go on runs, work on your endurance, work on some aspect of your sport or your business or whatever that you can still work on. Like I was saying earlier, any work is better than no work. So it's, right. it's kind of cool to see all the ad, um, adaptations, businesses and coaches and sports have come up with yeah. to keep forward. So as, as hard as of a year it was last year, I think it's been a huge learning curve for lots of people at the same time, like just being adaptable and malleable and working with what you can. Oh yeah. Well, I, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, when you, um, I think we talked about this last time when you were on the show, when someone isn't used to doing something, so say it's running and say they, they've never really ran a mile it seems intimidating at first, but then once they start making those steps, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I can actually, I could probably do two miles. And then you kind of, you know, Oh, maybe I can do, Oh, maybe I can do a half marathon. You get to that point. Right. And I think it's kind of the same with this, where at first it's frustrating. And then, like you said, you get creative, you figure out how to work out, you figure out ways to still get it done. And then once you see results or once you're able to stay, you know, it's because some people have gotten in great shape during this time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're not able to go to a gym in some cases. And that should make you excited for when things finally get back to a little bit more of a normal place. Like what will your results look like then? Cause you were able to do all of this without the normal, you know, stuff that you would have at your, at your fingertips. I mean, how many, how many places just ran out of kettlebells? Like I went to a couple of places, like I know on it was out of kettlebells, uh, like Dick's sporting goods was out of kettlebells. Like you couldn't find them. So we had one guy who's one of the managers at Dick Sporting Goods and he would post on our gym. We have like a bulletin board on Facebook where he does all the announcements. Oh, cool. And post anytime they were getting shipments in, he'd say, Hey guys, heads up. We have all this coming, like come get it if you want, but yeah. you couldn't get any. My sister is still waiting for her bumper plates. She ordered a full rack of plates, still waiting to get them. Really? Yeah. She ordered them in like May or June. I won't say who from, cause I don't want to bash anybody, but sure. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to bash a business, but it's been awful for her. I feel really bad. Cause you know, she's one who she just got, she just got out of the army, just got back to California. Everything awesome. closed. Oh, and then, yeah. <laughs> so she got back to July and then come March, everything closed. So she's just getting settled in her job, her house. And so she's been trying to build a garage gym because she was a power lifter, shop put thrower, all of that before. Oh, so cool. she really too, and just can't, can't do it. And I got her actually to do a Spartan with me last year, which was awesome. I oh, think that's it was right. like, after I met with you guys, yeah, you yeah. left like 
seconds later. She totally loved it. She crushed it. It was so fun to do with her. Well, she was supposed to do another one, right? Yeah. And then that obviously was, didn't work out. In June, we were going to do Monterey. And then, yeah, so she hasn't been able to do another one. And then she's been trying to work out at home, you know, because she's now in the Bay Area and they're still very much shut down. So she can't go anywhere and work out unless it's in her garage. Got it. Such he's been once I try to adapt yeah, yeah. to you know, equipment and staying motivated and stuff. Yeah. Well, like we, like we keep talking about it, we kind of have no choice. Like you have to, you have to do it. You know, you have to do it to keep moving forward. Uh, just another side note, everybody. I know this is not a video podcast. Um, I wore a long sleeve shirt on purpose because I, <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't feel comfortable because Aaron is currently wearing a sleeveless shirt and I feel very bad about myself right now. <laughs> I need to put a long sleeve <laughs> it's okay you know you know what it's gonna it's gonna keep me motivated no it's too late it's too late the image is in my head plus Sorry. i'm gonna have to post i'm gonna have to post a picture later on uh, instagram and people are gonna know it's like yeah yeah <laughs> he should feel bad about himself <laughs> oh my goodness no i think you made fun of me last time too about my back yes i out. did i did make fun. yeah not making fun i was really making fun of myself it's like oh i don't i don't look like that <laughs> I don't look like that. <laughs> I did. I will say though, I did run. Um, I ran 16 miles last weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. Just because I, like I've been, I've been feeling pretty good. And I've been increasing the miles. I'm not, I'm not like training for anything. I was like, yeah, I just want to see if I can do it now. Like I said, I am much slower. So I was probably at mile. Uh, it was early in the morning. Say it again. It's 16 miles for me. It's still 16 miles. Like it's all the same Thank distance. You. Like, it's the same yourself. distance. It looks different. And it definitely, I'm sure it feels different too. <laughs> because my, uh, it was like, I was probably at mile 13 and it was early in the morning. I got a call from my wife. She's like, you good? You probably don't get those calls from people. Like she was checking on my safety, not because she was worried that I got hit by a car or something like that, but she was concerned that I was, you know, be like, you know, passed out on the side of the road. <laughs> that, that's what makes me so excited with like, that's the one thing I do love about running is like that personal it's such a personal thing. Like I love seeing people get excited. Like, I just want to see if I can do 16 miles and then they train for it and they do it. And they're so happy about it. Yeah. And then they do, I want to do a full marathon or now I want to do a 50 K or, you know, a lot of people start with five K's and work their way up. Yeah. And it's like, be super apprehensive when they do their first five K and they're nor they're nervous and scared. And then they do it and they're overjoyed. And then they're like, now I want to do a 10 K. And just to see them build that confidence along the way is like, it makes me the happiest person. Like, I think I root for people more than I root myself. Cause it's like, I know where you've been. I know how that feels. You know, it's been with me for CrossFit. Like my very first day, there's like overhead squats and they literally handed me a PVC pipe. <laughs> we're like, today? And it was like kind of demoralizing but at the same time. I was like, I appreciate the fact that you're not forcing me to do something I can't do. Yeah. Um, but you know, every time I get a new PR, it's still super light relative to a lot of these girls in CrossFit, but it's my personal journey. And I think that's the same thing with running is like right. you doing for the first time is like, that's super cool. I'm excited for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It felt, it felt good. It's been a long time. In fact, I'm gonna be honest with you. And this is, you're not going to appreciate this as a coach or a runner, but when I, when I was doing the marathon training, and I think I mentioned this before, um, I did not do that great with the training. And so Honestly, this might've been, this might've been the first time I've ever ran 16 miles, uh, like not during the marathon, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is awful. <laughs> well, that's, 
kind of cool. Like when you did the marathon, every new mile was a new PR. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, the furthest I've run now, mile 18. This is the furthest I've run. Like, yeah, you, know, you got to find little wins. I'll take it. You know, what? I'm going to take it. I appreciate that. I'm and just, <laughs> just, I don't know if you ever, anybody could hear this, but just so you know, she did, Aaron did put on a jacket to uh, help my confidence, <laughs> help my self esteem. <laughs> she didn't need to, but she did. So, <laughs> oh man. I'm not sweaty in here, but I'll leave it I, on for you. It's, it's pretty warm in here, but I'm like, I'm going to sacrifice. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Wear Mumu to, to, to talk to Josh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just so he feels better about himself. <laughs> it is crazy. I always, you know, I, I see those, those people that come out of those CrossFit gyms, obviously you yourself, it is just insane. Like the physique <laughs> of you guys, like it's just wild. And to see you guys do the, especially when you see those slow-mo shots of, you know, whatever, whatever lift you're doing, like if you're doing a clean and like, you just, you catch like that slow motion or that still shot of them in the middle of their lift, just like muscles everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's when I first walked into the CrossFit gym, so I was still heavy into running, but I was like, I need a new gym. Like I need something. I walk in and there's this girl, Stephanie at the gym, who's ripped, like the most muscular woman you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And I'm like, they're literally fresh from a race. They were doing a competition. They were like, come in and check it out. So I walk in and I'm like as big as my arm, my whole body. Like she comes standing next to me and I'm like, what is this thing? Like she's massive. <laughs> like just her thighs are like both of mine combined at the time. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And so then, you know, she walks off and then this guy who uh, is one of my really good friends now, Ryan walks up next to me and he's like six, one, 215 solid muscle. And I'm like, where are these people from? Like who drove them? I don't belong here. <laughs> like they're here. And here I am just the tiny little runner trying to like trying to keep up. <laughs> everyone has an eight pack and I'm like, I'm just a rail. <laughs> That's a good question. Like, what do you think? I mean, is you think it's more intimidating to be someone who's really thin going into a CrossFit gym for the first time? Or is it more intimidating for someone who's a little bit, maybe a little bit heavier going there for the first time. Cause I mean, I can see there'd be benefits and I guess advantages and disadvantages to both. Right. Yeah. I would probably say somebody heavier just because society has such a bad stigma on it. Like mm. okay, sure. to be, but it's not okay to be heavy. So I think one these people already are nervous about it. Like it's sure. something they know it's going to hurt. And then to walk in and see all these fit people and know that that's what you, that's what society says you're supposed to look like. And you don't look like that. I think it's a lot harder for them mentally to be brave enough to come in, you know, Yeah. which anybody who is heavy and goes in, like, that's also one thing that excites me. Cause it's like, you're making that conscious choice to like, yeah, make a eat healthier or try something new. And you know, we get a ton of people like that who come in and I, that's another thing I love about that gym is nobody cares. Like nobody cares what you look like. Like that's we're awesome. going to encourage you no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think, I think it's harder for them. I do just yeah, because that makes sense. There are pressure outside of gyms. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, for sure. I think you're just intimidated by all the muscle, but I think, coming in heavier and tuned by not only by the muscle, but 
you're way more self-conscious than someone who's thin. I mean, I guess that's an unfair statement to assume, but I assume they're more. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That would make sense. I think for sure. Um, trying to think if I have any other, any other thoughts or any other things that we want to talk about as far as this, this whole idea of pivoting or adjusting, but I think, anyway, I think we kind of hit on it all. Um, you know, especially like the, like the two things that I was kind of most focused on coming into this conversation was like, how do you adjust, you know, that motivation, which you, you hit on perfectly as far as you've got to kind of, there's no goal in mind, but you got to keep training. You just got to keep yeah. doing it because you never, you know, I think working on focusing on what you can control in the situation. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, your attitude, if it's an injury, you focus on your rehab, you know, COVID aside, there's so many other obstacles that you hit in training. Like, you know, I've had stress fractures in my femur and I've had knee issues. And, you know, when I had the stress fracture in my femur, I couldn't put any weight on my leg other than walking. So I was like, well, what can I do? So I worked on my upper body, my pull-ups, you know, push-ups, like all of that stuff. It's because like, again, any work is better than no work. So it's just, I think focusing on what you can control. And I really think finding positive people, whether it be COVID also in um, even an event cancellation, like just being able to pivot and find some kind of positive or a, okay, what's next kind of attitude, I think are the, the big takeaways with staying motivated is, are those two things. Having a good group of people is life-changing, I think, in a, in a hard oh, situation. Absolutely. And I think those are all things that um, apply to every athlete of every sport. I mean, obviously team sports for sure, but you know, even in the individual sports, you're still part of a team, you know, not necessarily competing, um, at the same time or in the same game as the person, but you're still, you know, part of that team and you guys are there to push each other. And so, you know, especially nowadays, it's not, you know, doing zoom is not the most fun, you know, FaceTime social media. It's, you know, it's not always the most, uh, it, it doesn't compare to being in person and, and hanging out with people, but that is the one great thing about social media is that we do have more access to each other now. And so, you know, you can continue to stay in contact with your teammates and, and your athletes and all of those types of things. So I think that's a pretty cool thing to help kind of yeah. keep that community together and then hopefully continue to motivate each other. Um, yeah. I don't know if I asked, did we ask you what you thought or what you, or how you define character last time? Did we ask you that? think so. I feel like we skipped over that. So just one last thought, like how would you, how would you describe character and then why is it so important to you? How would I describe character? Um, I think character is who you are when nobody's looking, you know, it's easy to put on a front in front of people and look like the good guy, but when no one's looking, are you still being a good person? Are you still you know, taking care of people or offering help or, you know, anything along those lines. I think, I think who you are when no one's looking is what your true character is. And I think if you have a good mindset, you know, it's, it's important because if you have a good mindset, it's like I was saying earlier that positivity is toxic or excuse me, not toxic is contagious um, as much as negativity is. And so if you choose positivity, you're spreading it to other people and then they are spreading it to other people. And it's just this huge butterfly effect when you have good character. I think it just spreads, you know, like COVID, <laughs> but yeah. in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> hey, that's how we're going to end this thing. <laughs> that's perfect. 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 
Um, where, hey, where can they follow you uh, on social media and all of those things? Um, or do you I want really them to follow you? Maybe you don't want them to follow you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you liked what I said, you could follow me. Uh, I'm E Runs Wild on Instagram. Uh, I have a Facebook. I don't really use it. I have a Twitter. I honestly couldn't tell you what my handle is or the last time I was on it. So really, I just have an Instagram. <laughs> um, I feel like everybody says that with Twitter. Everybody says the same thing. It's like, I have a Twitter. Mm, don't know what it is, but it's out there. I I don't think I ever really truly understood how it worked when it all started. And I was like, this is just frustrating. Like, I like pictures anyway. <laughs> there, you <laughs> <go. Instagram. laughs> there you go. Stick to IG. <laughs> yeah. do, you do, do you do TikTok? I didn't. I never got into TikTok. Yeah, it's because you're an adult, and I, you oh. probably shouldn't. That's what. That's that's I'm my. Well, as they say, but I like to, I like adult better. Yeah, I, I'm I'm technically a millennial too. I'm thirty. I'll I'll be thirty three in August. But you know, I, I've just I can't do the TikTok thing, and I always felt like a, an older you know millennial. Like I just don't I don't feel like I belong in that group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dance. It's like I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. that's all I just did for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best moves. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be viral. <laughs> probably not. No, probably not. So yeah, you know what? It's fine. I can't do it either. It just it, I have no desire. I stick with Instagram, Twitter. That's it. So, yeah. um, you guys can follow us at Sports Character on Twitter, at Character Combine on Instagram, at Character Combine on Facebook. Uh, oh, also, we have something we just started last week is a Character Combine coaches group on Facebook. So um, it's a little bit different than our page. It's a place where, you know, well, it's, it's for coaches specifically. So we want you guys to listen or uh, check that out. Um, and we want to hear from you. It's meant to be a place where, you know, you can get connected to like-minded coaches who also want to make a uh, character a priority on and off the field. So definitely check that out and we'll, uh, we'll get you in that group and we can just have some good conversation about just different things that, uh, revolve around coaching. And then you can also check out our YouTube page. Uh, we haven't posted anything there for a little bit, but we do have some awesome clips from past events. Uh, David Goggins, Mark Munoz, Anthony Robles, uh, Alexis uh, Jones, a bunch of people. So check that out. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Aaron, thank you again so much for being the co-host today. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, Deb, you know, we, we do miss you. We do miss you. But um, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. Awesome. Awesome co-hosts are coming in and they're going to steal your job. Uh-oh. What did you say? I'm coming for you, Deb. <laughs> yeah, you hear that? That see, that's the problem too. You're starting to lose the respect of our guests. Now they're calling you out. <laughs> Other people are like, "No, no, no, we miss Deb." And now, look at Aaron's like, "I'm coming for the spot." So <laughs> the, the gauntlet, the gauntlet's been thrown down. <laughs> I'm <better than> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, see you guys. <laughs>